Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have a two-part feature interview with the retiring past chairman and director with the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. Bill Gale talks about rising wheat prices, drought, and soil grain movement. And Real Agriculture discusses wheat production issues. Saskatchewan Agriculture looks for more rural crop reporters during the growing season. And 4-H receives important support from FCC. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. Wheat prices are up 56% September over last September, according to StatsCan's latest report. The federal agency says it was the largest increase in the grains index since the year 2008. Strong demand and tightening supplies in western Canada strengthened both wheat and barley prices. Regina area farmer Bill Gale is stepping down after eight years as a past chairman and director with Sask Wheat. He says the wheat prices need to be taken in some context, with costs rising and many farmers suffering the effects of drought. certainly spent a significant portion of my career uh, with below average, uh, uh, you know, incomes. And, uh, you know, it's always seems to be feast and famine. So I guess it's uh, maybe a, a time for feast. But interestingly, uh, you know, it's, it's also the fact is we had a significant portion of Western Canada, not just Saskatchewan, but all of Western Canada, that had a very terrible and significant drought. So, you know, high prices only affect those people that actually have some commodities to sell. Sadly, uh, you know, we've got a significant portion of farmers that, you know, are living off of crop insurance this year if, if, if they had it. So, uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's a good story, but you also have to uh, also look at our inputs and the cost of production. And uh, all of that stuff is, is uh, significantly, it, it, it's ratcheting up very quickly. Uh, there are some supply issues uh, with, uh, you know, not just logistics of, of getting product out, but also product in. Fertilizer could be in short supply, or at least that's what we're being told. You, you have to dig a little deeper, and it's also farm debt is going up. So, uh, yeah, it's a good story, but just like every story that you do, I'm sure, Jim, there's, there's more than meets uh, just the headlines. Yeah, I've heard fertilizer prices are really moving up fast. Uh, any idea how bad they are? 
Well, I think the last time I saw was about two and a half times of what uh, we were kind of paying last year. So uh, there is, you know, always talk of of shortages, and you, know, you always have to temper that. Uh, over my career, is uh, even when my father was farming, they were always, you know, it's it's not uncommon for scare tactics to get out there to to get people into the market to buy when it's high, and uh, but you know who knows what's going to happen seems to be a radically changed world over the last two years. Now, on another topic, grain movement. It looks like the rail lines are repaired, but the mudslides have certainly forced them to go at like 10 miles an hour through some of the slide areas. Uh, Your thoughts on getting grain movement back to get caught up? I never really get all that warped out of shape on, on grain movement. We always seem to get the grain moved out. You know, there's there's always seems to be issues every year. It snows in the mountains and it rains in the mountains and and there's accidents and all of those things. So this it's not. I mean, this is an extreme event. There's no doubt about that. But you know, we've we've got a significantly smaller crop than we've had. You know, really over the last ten years. So the, the grain's going to move, and uh, you know, there's there's always problems at port with with ships waiting and, you know, the company's getting the grain in that the customers want in time. So, uh, you know, I, I, they'll get that straightened out. Uh, you know, it's, uh, we live in a world where technology and the equipment and, and just human ingenuity, we can get things repaired and, and, and going again very quickly. And, and it's, so I, I, I'm confident that the grain's going to move. Bill Gale is a Regina area farmer and retiring from the Sasquatch Board of Directors. Coming up, he discusses soil moisture and a look back at 2021 and look ahead to 2022. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca Regina area farmer Bill Gale is stepping down after eight years as a past chairman and director with Sask Wheat. Drought took a toll on crops across western Canada with wheat production down 48%. Canola declined 35%. Gale says it's too early to worry about soil moisture for spring seeding. Well, that question's best asked in the spring, I think, Jim. It's a little too early to tell. I, you know, I, there's been some snow around, but, you know, we don't grow crops on snow. We need rain during the growing seasons so we'll see i you know i it's dry i know for sure it's dry and and talking with uh, some of my beef producer friends there that the hay is not even the quality of the hay is, is significantly less so not only was the quantity that they were dealing with very sawed off a lot just the quality of the hay itself so they're having to feed more of it and it's just not as good a quality so it's definitely an issue but we'll just as every other year we're dry land farming and we just need rain during the growing season and that's just that simple you're retiring as a director with sask wheat uh, i guess this month look back for me what were some of the momentous things that happened your time as a director with sask wheat and and you were also the chairman for a while well, I mean, we were, I was on the first elected board of directors, and at that time, you know, we had a, a staff of one, and so we've, you know, over the over the eight years that I've been there, we've built it up, we've taken over all of the responsibilities of farmers' levy dollars that's being invested into uh, into research, 
except, of course, obviously for the Western Grains Research Foundation, which still has uh, some farmer money. So, I mean, we've, we've brought on a very good staff. We're up to speed now. And uh, really, you know, I, I think one of, one of the biggest things that we did was was that really put Sasquatch on the on, on the on the radar of everybody was was the hiring of Harvey Brooks as our executive director, and I, I don't think that can be overstated. Harvey uh, really had a very significant input, and uh, he did a lot of good work for farmers. And uh, with his retirement, we're, we'll definitely miss him. We've got a good replacement, and uh, the board is and board will take their positions in January, and away they go. So, you know, now we're getting into an issue of of some continuity at Sasquatch. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's, it's been interesting the last eight years, that's for sure. Give me an outlook for 2022 and beyond. Well, you know, it's probably going to be things seldom change very quickly. You know, probably we're seeing the effects of, of, of climate change now and uh, certainly here on the prairies. And so that's going to play a role into, you know, how how we farm. And that's not just grain production, but beef and, and everything else. So uh, we're going to see some significant changes there. And farm sizes are, are likely going to continue getting bigger. And uh, hopefully farmers can still play a significant role in varietal development in, in our grains. And oil seeds, because its uh, seed costs are very significant in some crops, and and uh, with our cereal grains and, and some of our oil seeds, it's very affordable, and we've got a very good system in Canada. And I hope that we can maintain that moving forward for the future, because we do have, I think, really an enviable situation with, with far as our plant breeding, our public plant breeding programs with Ag Canada, and our various universities. In, in many ways, we're the envy of the world. And I just hope that we have the foresight to protect that and indeed strengthen it moving forward. Regina area farmer Bill Gale is retiring after eight years as a past chairman and director of the Sasquatch Development Commission. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney, as well as Peter Wheat, Pete Johnson. Hey, Pete, farmers across the country, well, let, let's be honest, farmers across North America are trying to find answers on how to deal with some of the fertilizer costs here on the 22 crop. A lot of challenges when it comes to the pricing and some of the supply. One of the, I guess, plan Bs, or maybe for some people, it's, maybe it's going to be plan A, is manure. And there are some considerations that we need to make, depending on where we are, and depending on our situation, in terms of how much we can rely on that manure to be that complete stopgap. So let, let's kind of run through some of those considerations. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. And, and you know, you mentioned nitrogen prices. Man, the last nitrogen price that, that I got was a dollar twenty-three a pound of actual nitrogen last year? I think it was forty-eight cents. So you're, you're saying like, how oh, this is two and a half times, right? Like, holy lord, it's, it's just it's crazy what that price is. And so uh, you're a thousand percent correct. 
growers who have a lot of manure and who used to maybe not give the manure the full nitrogen credit are, are stepping back and saying, well, maybe we'll give it more nitrogen credit this year because, well, number one, nitrogen, it's maybe hard to get, get. We might even not have the supply of nitrogen. But number two, the price is crazy. And then I have a whole bunch of other growers who are saying to me, okay, so my neighbor has too much manure. If I buy that manure, what credit do I give it? And that that is a really interesting question. And you really have to step back and say, look at a number of different things. What type of manure is it? When are you going to apply it? And how are you going to apply it to get that nitrogen value? And so last Monday on The Agronomists, uh, Dale Cowan and Don Flayton talked about amendments and nitrogen fixation. And, and one of the things they talked about was manure and some really cool stuff that I think you just have to be aware of. And I've been talking about this on the word a little bit as well. So if, what do you think, Sean? If I, if my, I have a dairy farmer that, that's across the road from me, he's got lots of manure. If I get him to go out there and apply that, that dairy manure ahead of my corn crop next spring, and the particular farm I'm thinking of hasn't had manure in a long time, if, if there's, I don't know, 100-pound nitrogen credit in that manure, do, do I believe it or don't I believe it? Dairy manure. Okay. My understanding was that you don't get the real bang for your buck in year one. Is, am I wrong? Uh, you know, Sean, you are such a budding agronomist. It just it makes me <laughs> seriously. Was smile. I right? Because I thought I was totally wrong on this. Okay, I thought I was no, just telling, so, communicating an old wives' tale. So I'm actually right. This is fantastic. What's really astounding about that is that it's it's dairy manure, and in particular, so cattle manure, whether it's beef or it's dairy, and particularly if it's solid manure, but even if it's liquid manure, we really don't see the full amount of the nitrogen we would expect in that first year of application. And Don Flayton from Manitoba, so this is Western Canadian data, the first year you apply that manure and you, you give a bunch of credit to the organic matter in the manure, and it just never appears with, with cattle manure. You, it just doesn't happen. And in Don's discussion, he talked about having to rev up that, that land with repeated applications of manure. So in their study, they only recovered 8 to 11%, so call it 10% of the organic nitrogen in that manure from cattle manure, and they would have expected to, to get 25%, but they only got 10%. However, after they had applied it for that, I think it was eight years in a row, they applied it every year, then they, they didn't put any nitrogen fertilizer on, and there was enough residual in that manure to basically repl replace all the nitrogen that that, that that manure, or pardon me, that they would have normally put on the crop. So if, I'm, if I get my dairy farmer neighbor to put that dairy manure on, man, it, uh, I just, I can't give it very much credit. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. 
Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no point but necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Increasing cloudiness today, 30% chance of flurries late this afternoon. Wind southeast 20, the high minus 3. The low minus 6 tonight. Wind chill minus 9 this evening and minus 14 overnight. Tuesday, cloudy. Clearing in the afternoon. Wind southeast 30, gusting to 50. The high minus 3 tomorrow. 60% chance of evening flurries and the low minus 14. Wednesday, sunny with a high minus 15, the low minus 21. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 16. 60% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 22. Friday, sunny, the high minus 22, the low minus 25. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 13. 40% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 17. Sunday, partly cloudy with 30% chance of flurries, the high minus 17. Normal high for this date, minus 8. The normal low is minus 20. The sun rose at 8.51 this morning. It sets at 4.55 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, Maple Creek in the southwest corner at plus 1. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, minus 24. Estevan, minus 5. Saskatoon, minus 8. Swift Current, minus 4. Weyburn, minus 6. Yorkton, minus 9. In Regina, with part the cloudy skies, it's minus 9, that's 16 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east-southeast at 17. Humidity is 88%, the barometer rising 102.0. Moose Jaw, partly cloudy, minus 7, winds northeast at 6. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy and minus 9, that's 16 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Every Thursday during the growing season, the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture releases a weekly crop report. Depending on the time of year, it provides information on seeding progress, insect issues, topsoil moisture conditions, and, of course, harvest progress. The crop report has been around since the 1970s and used to have one volunteer reporter in each of the province's 296 rural municipalities. That's not the case anymore, and there are a growing number of vacancies. Matt Struthers is an extension specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. We still have 46% of the RMs in the province without a reporter. And so what happens is when we don't have every single RM covered, the RMs that aren't covered get averaged for. And that's just not uh, the most accurate way to go forward in the future. Uh, We want to make sure that we are providing the the most top-notch information that we can. Struthers says information contained in the crop report is read by many inside and outside of our provincial borders. The information is used across Saskatchewan and worldwide by producers, agrologists, policymakers, the media, marketers, investors, and others who are interested or involved in the agricultural industry. The crop report is Ask Ag's most popular publication and is regarded as the best crop report from any of the prairie provinces. Since Saskatchewan is a major producer and exporter of crops, the progress of Saskatchewan's crops is followed closely around the world. 
I can personally say I've had more phone calls and emails than I can count from grain buyers, malting companies, government organizations, and other agricultural groups around the world who are fixated on the 2021 crop. It's crazy, you know, getting calls from places like China and Japan and uh, all over, you know, Middle East and, and Europe. It's it's very cool to see how many people really care about the crop that's that's coming off of Saskatchewan soils. Volunteer reports provide information online by fax or on the phone. Each week, crop reporters spend five to ten minutes filling out a survey that we send out in the beginning of the year. The majority of questions are based on conditions in their RM or surrounding crop district. Many reporters talk to their neighbors or clients to find out what is happening locally and base their answers on that immediate area. Questions provide us information on rainfall, topsoil moisture conditions, seeding progress, crop development, crop damage. We try to cover as many things as we think is uh, important for the producers to be telling us and that we can put out there to the media and to the people. Anyone who's interested can reach out to the Ministry of Agriculture's Ag Knowledge Centre in Moose Jaw. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Farm Credit Canada is providing over $15,000 to 4-H clubs in Saskatchewan. FCC Chief Marketing Officer Todd Klink says the support is part of a total of $100,000 to more than 200 4-H clubs across Canada. Well, this year it's $100,000 in total for the 4-H club fund. About 15000 16000 of that's coming into the province of Saskatchewan, so the 100000 would be a national number. And uh, we've been doing this program since 2014 uh, to supply monies to the local clubs to execute on their programs that they're, they're doing at the club level. And why is FCC supporting 4-H? Well, so 4-H is just such a great organization for, you know, building youth, building young leaders, getting them set up to just take on the world, whether that's a career in agriculture or leading in our communities across rural Canada and, and elsewhere. You know, there's many of us involved in agriculture today that had our roots in 4-H of our learnings, and it served us super well. And we see that happening today, and 4-H has, you know, outstanding programs to build the leaders of tomorrow. But you've got a pretty big commitment in total to all of 4-H at the national level as well as the supporting local clubs. For sure. Yeah, all in, we contribute over $250,000 a year to 4-H. And then, like I say, this one program um, is uh, for the 4-H Club Fund to help out the local clubs is $100,000 of that. And we see 4-H as a as a very important in, uh, organization to support rural youth in, in Canada. Basically, it's to advance a career in agriculture? It could be agriculture and, and beyond. Um, I mean, it's, it's really about youth development and leadership development. And for sure, we hope they choose careers in agriculture because we, we have lots of need and always interested in good young people that want to join our industry and, and experience all, all the good that it has. But if they choose to join, you know, other places in society too, I think their 4-H background is going to serve them very, very well. In what way? Uh, just being more confident, more disciplined, being able to, you know, public speak, even learning Robert's Rules of Order at a very young age, how to run a meeting, how to facilitate discussions. You know, it's a pleasure in interacting with these young folks. I'm, I'm involved quite a bit in the 4-H program nationally, and I get to interact with young people all the time that are in the program, and I just see how much more confident and poised they are through the learnings that they receive at 4-H. It's, it's very inspiring. Todd Klink is the Chief Marketing Officer at FCC and is also Chair of the Canadian 4-H Foundation. 
Canada's Auditor General issued a scathing report last week when it comes to the treatment of temporary foreign workers in the agriculture sector. Karen Hogan says federal inspectors are failing to ensure agricultural producers are properly protecting migrant workers from COVID. Hogan says they found some situations where inspectors overlooked or ignored evidence suggesting employers were violating requirements, leaving workers at increased risk of getting sick. And she says that was found to be disturbing. Overall, we found that the department's inspections, whether they targeted quarantine, outbreaks or basic accommodation requirements, provided little assurance that health and safety of temporary foreign agricultural workers were protected during the 2020 and 2021 growing seasons. We found that inspectors assessed almost all employers as compliant on both COVID-19 requirements and basic living conditions without gathering sufficient evidence. We started our audit work in this area in 2020. In December of that year, we decided to extend our audit to cover the 2021 season. And we shared our early and concerning findings with Employment and Social Development Canada. Our audit work in 2021 found that the quality of inspections had worsened. That's Auditor General Karen Hogan. There were a number of COVID outbreaks on huge farms in Ontario over the past year. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were showing lower prices in early trading. Viterra prices for canola fell 80 cents at 961.52. One red spring wheat dropped $1.59 at 457.64. The rest were unchanged. Durham 716.91. Feed barley 383.64, flax 1470.59, lentils 986.50, oats 551.53, yellow peas 623.24, and feed wheat 261.65. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat is down one and three quarter cents at ten dollars. 20 cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon everyone. This is Lee bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swiftcart. We had a thousand cattle on offer last week. Mainly cows on offer. Here are the quotations. D1 and 2 cows were 70-75. Odd good cow, 83. D3 cows, 60 to 70. Good bred cows were 15 to 2,400. We had 80 second calf black cows averaging 23.25. A regular sale was on Tuesday. Our last bred sale is this Thursday, the 16th, at 1 p.m. with 200 good cows on offer with some heifers. This has been Lee bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swift Garden. Good day and good marketing. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Hemp sold 5,200 hogs Friday, selling in a range of 165 to 186 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 8,600 head, selling in a range of 168 to 185 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, December 11th are Ole West 2020 contract, 162.60, Ole West 2021 contract, 182 even, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 165.62, 
Hams Cash, 163.62. Thunder Creek Brickco, 166.27. High Life Cash, 176.72. High Life Contract, $184.97 per CKG. Hams Cash Hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar is down eight basis points, with a daily exchange rate at 1.2714. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 78.17 cents US. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed to start the week. The Western Corn Belt posted no price due to confidentiality. The National was up $1.27 U.S. 100 weight, and the cutout adjusted variant was $0.69 cents lower relative to the previous day. The weekly net average carcass value for week ending December 11th came in at $85.68 U.S. 100 weight, essentially flat and only 0.5% higher than a week ago, and in line with the seasonal trend. Lean hog futures have so far been unable to build on the momentum seen late last week and are trading lower. There is talk that suspicions of a slower processing pace heading into the new year and ideas that the highs in production are now in the rearview mirror were factors behind the support seen late last week. The move upward was notable on Friday, prompting some to opine that a new trend upward was developing. Follow-through buying has not been a feature of the Monday market so far, however, and the technical pattern is still holding resistance levels. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. This week, nearly 300 high school students from across Saskatchewan participated in an in-person agricultural boot camp. The camp was hosted by Saskatchewan Polytechnique and SunWest Distance Learning Centre as part of a farm equipment technician course. SunWest Ag Coordinator Lori Gasper says demand for qualified agricultural equipment technicians across the industry led to the project. She says students get to experience a day in the life of a Sask Polytechnique farm equipment tech student. There was hands-on work with transmissions, engines and electrical components. SAS Polytech program head Chris Thompson says farming is an important industry and supports 7% of all employment in Saskatchewan. He sees the benefit of high school students exploring the trade and participating in the boot camp. SunWest offers courses to high school students across Saskatchewan with 50 hours of online theory, 40 hours of practical work study at an agriculture dealership and a 10-hour boot camp at SAS Polytech. Sas Polytech has campuses in Moose Jaw, Regina, Saskatoon, and Prince Albert. On the markets, the TSX is down 74 points to 20,851. The Dow has risen 69 points at 35,824. Oil has gained 30 cents to 71.24 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up five one-hundredths of a cent at 78.70 cents U.S., and that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.